Hey friends, welcome to episode 149 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dora Swift, and I want to warmly welcome you here today. I want to ask, have you checked out my website, doraswift.com, and on the homepage, found the freebies that I have for you? And I have a free resource called Surrender the Joy Stealers, which helps you surrender your joy stealers that are holding you back. And it actually goes along with a Bible study that I have releasing next month called Surrender the Joy Stealers, Rediscover the Jesus Joy in You. So when you grab any one of those resources or all three resources, you're going to be on my email list and find out when that Bible study is available. So check that out, friends. So my episode today is with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. She's an amazing woman of God. She's going to talk about how she's heard from God and how do we know it's God's voice and what he actually downloaded into her spirit, including a ministry project he was calling her to. She shares how something was missing in her life. And after coming from a background of abuse by the father figures that she trusted, She had a life-changing encounter with her Heavenly Father who redeemed her brokenness. And also she's going to talk about her singleness and how God intervened in that as well. And it's a powerful and sweet story and you won't want to miss this episode. And I know what Dr. Michelle shares will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Dr. Michelle Canfield. to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. From aspiring musicians to church worship teams, theworshipinitiative.com has resources for everyone. The Worship Initiative is an online training resource to help you learn and lead top worship songs with in-depth instrument tutorial videos, chord charts, and more. Alongside instrument training, we have devotionals for every song and training videos on how to be an effective worship leader from voices like Shane and Shane, Phil Wickham, John Piper, Ben Stewart, and more. Only at theworshipinitiative.com. Start learning and leading your team now by using the code SPARK23 for your first month free. Welcome back. I am excited today to introduce you all to my friend, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Love her. She is a national speaker, author, a licensed professional counselor of 27 years, and founder of the ABBA Project, a nine-month group forum for dads whose daughters are in their teens and 20s. Woo, that is quite a fierce calling. And her best-selling book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, A Guide for Connecting With Your Daughter's Heart, is followed by her most recent field guide for men called Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. And Dr. Michelle is a radio and podcast host of The Dad Whisperer and The Dad Whisperer Podcast, which I know you're intrigued now. Welcome to the show, Dr. Michelle. So great to have you. Oh, Doris, I'm so glad we can connect. I know. It's it's a joy to be here with you. Thank you so much. It is a joy and honor to have you on today. And I just loved spending some time with you at a recent uh, retreat that we went to. Yeah. The Spark 
um, business retreat, and it was just really great to hear the way that God is using you in this pretty unique and amazing ministry that is so needed. So I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Oh my goodness. I love your tagline. That's so (laughs) awesome. And, and all of you listening to her, you love her already, but if you haven't met Doris in person, you got, she just, you're like a little light bulb with a gentle wind breeze that comes from you. So anyway, it's a joy to be here and to call you my friend. So, okay. Well, the really quick story about me is that, you know, I've loved Jesus since I was little. I said yes to him at six years old on an Easter Sunday in California, moved to Oregon when I was 10 for my dad to go to seminary, to be a pastor, oldest of four girls you know, my youngest sister's 14 years younger. So people used to think she was, you know, my daughter. And I'd be like, no, I'm not that kind of a girl. And, you know, long story short, I loved Jesus pretty in an unwavering way. I've always been pretty fierce in terms of my commitment to Christ and have loved the word scripture memory since I was a young girl and have been in lots of different kinds of ministries from music ministry to youth ministry through a lot of my adult life. And, you know, it was one of those things where I couldn't find a husband and, you know, everyone had their theories of when you're not looking, then he'll show up or mm-hmm. when you're you know busy and doing something, then he'll show up. Or if you're in this, and those theories are absolutely ridiculous because <laughs> none of them are true. Yeah. And then in December of 09, this is where the dad daughter part comes in. So I'd, you know, been a professional counselor at that point for you know, about 10 years. And a lot of my clients in their teens and twenties, these young women had a lot of dad issues, you know, father wounds, father voids. Mm -hmm. And with that backdrop, I was reading in Luke one, December of 09, reading about how God told Zechariah that his yet to be born son, John, right? John the Baptist would help turn the hearts, not the heads of fathers to their children. And I just heard God whisper to me, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, what? Okay. That has to be God's voice because I've never come up with that one. Mm -hmm. And two days later, I was blow drying my hair and I just heard the name, the Abba project. I'm like, it's an interesting name. Abba meaning daddy in Aramaic and men love a project. Hence the name. So January of 10, I emailed 11 dads whose daughters at the time were my counseling clients. These daughters were in their teen years or their 20s and said, how would you like to join me once a month for six months to see if there's a change in you, your daughter, and your relationship? 10 of the 11 dads, Doris, said, we're in. And I've had people say, men do not add more to an already full plate. This is crazy. I'm like, I know. I have no curriculum. I have nothing but a name and an assignment from God. So you talk about a fierce calling to just say yes. I'm kind of an all-in yes girl to what God tells me to do. So I'm like, okay. And month after month, I would get the download from God about the next month's topics where I I would either write material or gather it from other professionals or just even sometimes lay people, if you will, just stories from daughters. I begin to collect data. Well, a couple of years in, I go to this conference, American Association of Christian Counselors Conference, in Nashville, Tennessee. And I look at 
the workshop schedule. And one of them, one of the speakers was the guy who founded the National Center for Fathering. Well, this is my new calling, right? And I've, you know, I did these groups then for, for not, uh, 10 years, actually. Became a nine-month group instead of a year-long group. The six-month group to a, grew to a year-long. It was just kind of fluid. But anyway, all that to say, I go to this conference. I reach out to this man ahead of time and said, hey, I would love to pick your brain because I'm called now apparently to, to invest in fathers and you're the fathering guy. His name is Ken Canfield, Dr. Ken Canfield. And so met him in 2011 at this conference. He was like, you stand out. You are a minority as a woman speaking to fathering. This is very unusual. Mm -hmm. So he really kind of championed me, invited me to their home in Kansas City where his wife, Dee, they fathered, you know, together, fathered and mothered five children, homeschooled them a lot, a lot of grandkids. And, and Ken became a real champion, I would say even a mentor at times, wanting to support me as someone unique in the field. And fast forward, but his wife had a pretty debilitating long-term illness, some neurological, you know, things that really were, were pretty excruciating and brutal for this family. And then Ken lost his wife. Dee died in 2019. And it was only a few months after that, that one day, because Ken and I would touch base for different things. We spoke at conferences together. He'd been on the Dad Whisperer podcast. I knew Dee, like I said, they'd been to Portland. I'd been in their home and really struck up a friendship with them. They were on my prayer team for the ABBA project. And, about, you know, like I said, a few months in one day, I was talking with him and I hung up the phone and I'd already committed to singleness, by the way, at 55. I was going to be single for the rest of my days until every heart of every dad had turned to his daughter and I got this download again, a big download from God. And I just wrote my journal, God, I'll marry Ken if you ask me to. And then I followed it up with what? With a question mark and a bunch of exclamation points. I'm like, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and I did not tell very many people because I said, I don't want to run away, run ahead of the Lord to run away with this. And I think that happens too often with Christian women and with people that support Christian women that yeah. are single. Like, we just want you married. Like, stop it now. Come on, just get on with what God wants you to do and then find a guy that shares a similar vision. Don't be looking for love in all those places, right or wrong places. And so all of December of 2019, I just prayed out of Matthew 1 and said, God, what is conceived in me is of the Holy Spirit. Now wake Joseph up and tell him to come take Mary home as his wife. And that is what happened. He called me on January 1st of 20 mm -hmm. and said, how would you like to move from professional to personal? Okay. He has an Android. I have an iPhone. I couldn't even see the guy. <laughs> he said, I just realized I'm deeply in love with you and want to marry you. Mm. Are you kidding me? Had God not told me three months prior that he wanted me to marry Ken, I would not have been ready to say yes. But I said, yes, we never dated. Mm -hmm. We never held hands. We never kissed. So we got married, of course, on Father's Day weekend of 20. And we had invited 425 to our wedding. And we were now down to 25 because of COVID. Yes, I shed lots of tears over that. And I was 60 years old when I got married for the first time, inherited a tribe of 24, uh, 14 grandkids at the time. Now our 16th is, is going to be born here in the next month. 
So I have taken on a big assignment in that realm. But there you go. There's the background. I'm still championing men, writing books, blogging, podcasting, speaking at men's conferences. And it is a crazy assignment that I get to now share with my husband. Go figure. I'm married now. So there you go. There it is in a nutshell. That is so sweet. I love that story so much. And, you know, it didn't matter that one had an Apple, one had an Android. <laughs> that doesn't get in the way of anything when it's God's plan. So, Come on. Yeah, and I love how in the beginning you were talking about when you had, you know, God was downloading all this stuff to you in bits and pieces as you needed it. And then when he gave you the name of the project, the Ava project, and then mm-hmm. you reached out to the dads. And it is amazing because he was preparing their hearts before you even reached out to them because, you know, dads sometimes are a little bit hesitant about like sharing feelings, you know, and all those kind of things. So how special it was that so many were encouraged to do that and how it all kind of tied in together with God's plan for you for for marriage and all of that. And so, oh, just I love it. Well, I even want to go back to what you just said about them sharing their feelings. That has been a big revelation for me is that men talk and men cry. Mm. And I, when they feel safe, they feel supported and championed. Mm-hmm. That's what I discovered is these sometimes I could barely get my lesson in that was for, for them to learn. And I'm like, well, you can read it later because <laughs> this we can't reproduce. Yeah. And it is really an honor and a joy to be invited where I say I fly from my planet of Venus to theirs of Mars. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm bilingual now. I speak Martian and Venusian. <laughs> and I'm helping them to decode their daughters by building their competence, mm. which then builds their confidence. And it's really an honor. And truth be told, I mean, just in the past two weeks, I've had a video that was shared on social media that I just did an interview with a friend of mine. You know, it, in just two weeks, it has over 2.2 million views and rising. And it's crazy because I've never had anything go viral. But you know what I talked about was about dads dropping their anger Mm -hmm. because I'm saying your anger will destroy your daughter more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And of course, I've had some men go, why is a woman telling us how to be a father? I'm like, I know. (laughs) I, I agree. This is a crazy assignment. But I think what I love about this fierce calling idea that you love highlighting is that All of us would disqualify ourselves from any assignment. I'm like, I think you've got the wrong girl. Mm. I think men need men. Or I think you've got the wrong girl. I don't, how do I step into being an awesome grandma like Dee was and an awesome mom like this is too big of an assignment? But last time I checked, God loves using the the ones that would disqualify themselves from anything. He goes, Nope, you. I mean, look at the disciples. Talk about you know, kind of a bunch of rats, you know, and he's like, yes, I want you. And, and I just want to live a life that can, where I continue to say yes to whatever he calls me to, even if it's crazy, that's almost how I know it is him. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's crazier and bigger than what I would have thought or, or goofier or, you know, this or that. And, you know, just being faithful in the little things, you know, not despising the day of small beginnings. Yeah is where I think God gets the most glory because we're not wrestling for it or trying to get the glory ourselves. And then he does. Yeah. And it's so cool too, how you were saying, this isn't something that was a concept that you came up with. Like this is literally something God came up with and like assigned you to and chose you for it. 
And, yeah. you know, you can actually just even say that in confidence that, like, this is God's idea. And so that's why it's being effective. Because if we do something that's not part of God's plan, you know, it might flourish for a little bit, but I think it would just wither away eventually if it's not, mm -hmm. you know, his calling. But I love how you were talking earlier when we were having a conversation about how your life had changed when you started seeing God as father. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So when I was about a year in so to leading men in the Alba project, these dads of daughters, and I was invited to come speak at an event where it was for at-risk youth and some of their leaders and parents. And I was like, yeah, I was all excited because I love speaking like you do, right? Mm -hmm. Where you, you have an audience of eager people to, to hear what God's put on your heart. And as I was preparing, Doris, all of a sudden I had, I've never had a panic attack, but I came really close where I went, oh my goodness, I'm not going to speak out of something I don't know. And all of a sudden I realized I had never really connected to God as a father. I was a Jesus girl. I was all in for Jesus. Jesus had brought healing into my own life story of trauma, of sexual abuse, not just by one, but for, by multiple perpetrators in my family, some of it even in organized rings, some organized group where grouping where I would say, you know, it wasn't just an oops. Mm -hmm. This was a calculated intent to overpower me, which again, let me just put a placeholder on that. One day when I was leading the opera project, I was a few years in, oh my goodness, this actually brings me to tears because one day it was like a revelation. I'm sitting in a group of men right now as the only woman. And I haven't put it together that that was some of my abuse and how God had redeemed my story enough to let me feel so comfortable and so much healing that there's nowhere I would rather be than with 12 men and me. And they're listening to me and I'm honoring them and they're honoring me. And I go, isn't God so creative? Like he knew where he was sending me and would send me years later after he'd come into my story. So back then to this part of my story of as I was preparing to come and speak about what I was doing with dads. And I'd realized, okay, I'd connected with Jesus. I was in a Pentecostal, well, mild Pentecostal four square church. Um, and I say mild, right? There's a continuum of how wild and crazy they can get, but I was a Baptist pastor's kid. So I'm like, I can do a little bit of Holy spirit, but not too crazy. But still it was, I was learning about, you know, the power of the Holy spirit and connecting with Holy spirit and, I actually usually say Holy Spirit now, not the Holy Spirit, because I don't like calling him a the. He's yeah. a person. I I love Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. But like I said, it had never even crossed my mind that I hadn't really bonded with God as my father. And I'm like, oh no, how do I speak on this when I've never really connected with him? And then in a way that I had learned after Bible college, they never taught me how to hear God's voice in Bible college. Maybe you have a history where people have taught you how to hear God's voice, but I'd always known John 10, 27, you know, my sheep hear my voice. They follow me. Jesus says, I'm like, how do you know if it's him? How do you know if it's him talking? Am I making it up? 
Can I just insert right here for those listening? I have come up with a three-fold way that's pretty foolproof about how you know it's God's voice. Because I can tell you, I heard God tell me something, Mm -hmm. but I first want you to hear from my heart to yours, those listening, how you can know it's God's voice. One is it comes fast. Number two, it's not what I was just thinking. And three, it always lines up with the word of God. So what I find is when a thought comes in, it's usually pretty quick. If I'm asking God for something, Mm -hmm. like I'll say to my clients, my counseling clients, this just in, (laughs) or the download just came. It just drops in a thought. Breaking Number two. Yeah. It's not what I was just thinking. I'll be like, oh, the Alba project. Huh? That's interesting. Like it just dropped in. There was the name. It's not what I was just thinking. And when I say it lines up with the word of God, meaning Sometimes it may not be a verse and a chapter, but it doesn't go against scripture. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So with this, I went, okay, I don't know how I'm going to talk on God as a father. And just like that, I heard God take me down a journey where he said, do you remember back in counseling? Because I was in counseling for eight years, hence my profession now. Mm. And he said, do you remember the picture you drew? I could remember it immediately. 1991, I was 31 years old. And he said, you drew a picture in your journal. I got it out. It's this circle picture where I drew a little picture stick figure of me in deep waters. It was Psalm 18, which simply says, he drew me out of deep waters that were too powerful for me. And I had this hand coming up to grab, you know, kind of overhead. He said, whose hand was that? Was it mine or was it Jesus? Why? Oh, no. Yeah, that was a big hand. That would have been your hand. He didn't even know it. Then he took me to scenario immediately, number two. So do you remember when you were in your counseling journey and you laid on a bed one night, your bed, and you looked up at the ceiling and for the first time you admitted you were angry at me? And I was raised that if I got angry at God, God would strike me dead. That's what my dad used to tell me. Because he was raised that way as a Catholic boy. You don't get mad at God. And I'm like, what do I do with all this anger? And he said, who did you get ang- Who did you think would strike you dead when you were angry? Me or Jesus? I'm like, oh no, I knew that was the big guy. That was a big one. He goes, see, you were angry at me. And he took me to a couple more things. And he said, see, I've been there. You just didn't know it was me. Mind blow. Wow. Like, you were there and I never knew it. And oh my goodness, I had no plans on having all these tears come up today. But truly, like my relationship with the Trinity began to take shape because the best way I know to say it, Doris, is that it was like I had a stool that had two legs and that third prong grounded me in a way that it was like stuff sat on it differently. Like the way things sat in my life began to take shape so much differently. Mm. When I realized I had this heavenly father who calls me his own. I love how Romans 8 15 says that, that we have a father. It says, because you are sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son to shout Abba, Father. And a friend of mine who's a seminary professor said, what that means is that Holy Spirit is yelling out, you've got a dad. Take your pain to your dad. 
And I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I think I just sang some songs about how deep the father's love for us, but I hadn't really taken it into my heart space where I had abuse from my grandfather primarily. And my dad, he's come a long way from the streets of Chicago where he was in gangs. My dad has his own stuff. Bless my dad's heart, but he doesn't look at a lot of his stuff under the hood of his car. And so here I am, this big feeler, I'm this big emotional girl. My dad hasn't known what to do with me a lot. So we're close. And yet at the same time, I haven't always, I've often felt like I'm too much. My report cards always said Michelle talks too much. People like Michelle's a lot to deal with. She's a big <laughs> emotional girl. And working it out with God as my father, where times I have tears coming up, going, why did you make me like this? I just feel like I'm just too much. By the way, this is why I want women to hear this. Do not date or marry a fixer-upper. If you're already married, okay, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to single women that say, I can't wait. I need to say yes because there's no one left that's good or quality. Do not listen to that lie of the enemy because I married a man who said that night on January 1st of 20, Michelle, you know what I love about you? I never have to wonder what you're thinking because you're always going to tell me. As friends, as colleagues, he and I'm like, are you kidding me? I have been too much for most people, but I'm not too much for King Canfield. He goes, bring it on, girl. And here we are, ready to celebrate our third year anniversary is all. I've never been too much for him. And I'm telling you, I've given him a run for his money. And I let him know how I feel. I let him think. I let him know when I agree. I let him know when I disagree. And I love being married. I absolutely love it. And so much of how God prepared me to be ready for marriage is becoming a Trinitarian woman where I love the three in one. And a friend of mine said it this way, you're never less than four because father, son, spirit are three in one. Read John 14 through 17. I'm in the father, the father's in me. I'm in the spirit, spirit's in you, the spirit's in me. me. It's all together. And they are wrapped around you. They're wrapped around me 24 seven. So the lowest common denominator we can ever be is four. We are never alone. And God coming in as a father to me has brought more fullness to prepare me for marriage. And I remember a few years ago, I was at a wedding and there was a, my friend Dan sitting there. We hadn't seen each other. We'd been in ministry, youth ministry a number of years earlier. And he goes, you just seem really content, Michelle. Like, you think you're going to stay single or what? And I said, you know why I'm this way? I don't fight the father anymore. There's just a settledness that came into my life. And I don't mean it was perfect. I mean, come on. I don't mean to over glamorize. I just walked in the fruit of the spirit. And it was all good. But but I'm telling those of you that are listening, I just right now, I literally, Doris, I want you and me. It's like I just picture you and me hugging them. You have such a heart for women, broken women. That's me. You and me are broken women where God has come into the trenches of our gunk and said, I'm coming into this with you. That's the kind of God I am. And don't you just want to see us like do a big hug around all of them going, wait for God's choice for you. Wait for God's best. Don't disqualify yourself. You are wrapped around in full embrace by the Trinity who adores you 
who's written your name on the palm of his hand. He's called you his own. You're tattooed right there. You are dearly chosen and loved. I would give more scriptures if we had time. But I trust that that some of that will go into the places of those listening who will just take a moment right now to close their eyes and say, Father, how do you want to meet me right now? How do you want to show yourself to me as a father? Because I need a dad who I know is there, who may be different than my earthly dad who wounded me, or there's voids because of absences. But you're a father who says, you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. Teach me what that means. And here's what I would say too. Start with the member of the Trinity that you feel the most safe with and the most comfortable with. And that one will introduce you to the other two. And that's what Jesus did for me is he stepped in and he showed me his face because I didn't even know I couldn't handle knowing God as father for a lot of years. And I even wrote a little poem and I wonder, would it be okay if I just read a little section of it? Oh yeah, please do. So I wrote this poem when my mentor asked me to speak at a conference on trauma. And I wrote this a few years ago and I called it looking back. And I said, here's what the me now would tell the me 25 years ago. Here's what I wish I would have known. And this ties into the God, the Father, uh, you know, Jesus, Holy Spirit, peace. So here's just a really short section of it. Then Jesus cried out to his Father in his moment of excruciating pain. So again, I'm talking about the cross. He modeled their depth of engagement. He knew there would be greater gain. When I went through similar torment, I was afraid to get close to God. And by God, I mean the Father. I thought he was a scary facade. But Jesus knew I needed connection. So he stepped in and showed me his face. I only learned much later. They were both there with me giving grace. At first, I didn't trust the Father. I thought Jesus was all I did need. But in time, I came to understand that his dad could stop the bleed. I wish now that I had run faster to my father, the one whose hands have my name tattooed on them. They give me safety and a place to land. Jesus escorted me to his father, who tells me I'm part of his fam. He says I never have to be alone. He accepts me just as I am. So moving and powerful and beautiful. And wow, just amazing. I would love if we could maybe highlight that poem in the show notes so people can see it. Or where could they I'll find it? I'll give you the whole poem. Okay. I'll give you the whole poem <laughs> and you could share it. I would love that so much. And it just when you were talking earlier about God calling you to this mission for fathers and how he showed you all of those things in the ways that he was there with you, but how then he used restoration in your life because of the very things that were hurtful and harmful to you and caused so much trauma. He did 
that Romans 8, 28, where he worked it all together for good. And he now is using you to minister to dads and daughters. And it's just like such a picture of he's our dad and we're his daughters. It's so precious. It's just so like, wow, <laughs> I can't even. I, I, I know, mind blow. Well, even oh one God. time I was on a podcast with a couple guys and one of them looked at me and he goes, you know what? You talk about leading the ABBA project, but it's like your ABBA's project. It's like, I just started crying. I'm like, I have never thought of it that way. But when you just said that, Doris, it reminded me of that, which is also not only Romans 8, 28, that God works it all together for good. It may not be good, but he'll work it mm-hmm. together for good. Doesn't that even go hand in hand with Joel 2, 25, where God says he'll restore the years, the locusts have eaten. And I've often said, when you look at a field that's been ravaged by locusts, and God has a sign on it that says restored by God. Mm-hmm. We would never look at that field and go, you got to be kidding me. I was like, crap. <laughs> no, we will look at that field and say, there was devastation there once. You would never know. Mm-hmm. And it's so that God gets the glory in the story, mm-hmm. not us, right? Yeah. And I trust that today that I've honored him in, in pointing people to him through my story because that's what it's all about yeah I, I know it's just been very maybe even emotional for a lot of our listeners today and encouraging and in every episode there's something for the person listening because God's already prepared their hearts for it and it's something that they're not listening to by any accident so right. that's that's really awesome how our father is an awesome God. You know, we yeah. use that word awesome, like we kind of throw it around, but it really is God who is awesome. <laughs> and so it's just, <laughs> ooh, I love listening to how he just restored so many things in your life and how he does that for us and brings the beauty from mm-hmm. ashes and just like, and, you know, not only restoring it, but then allowing us to move forward in a calling and being able yeah. to minister to people who have, you know, experienced so much trauma because of maybe some things that our stories have. And so, yeah, I just, I love it so much. And I would love if you would share Dr. Michelle, how can the listener connect with you and find you and maybe get involved in the Apple Project? Because it's just like, woo, what a concept, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can go to my website, which is just drmichellewatson.com. I'm still going by Watson there. You can type in Canfield. It'll still get you to the same site, but drmichellewatson.com. Got lots of free resources, links to my books, which really are for dads. They also work for moms if they want to lead their daughters through these questions. You know, the second one, Let's Talk, is is really more an action book on 60 topics where dads can lead daughters in conversations. But if you're a a daughter listening as maybe a challenging relationship with your dad, Mm -hmm. I've even had daughters buy my first book that that kind of sets a foundation Mm -hmm. for dads to understand their daughter's wiring and needs and It's called Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, A Guide for Connecting With Your Daughter's Heart. And sometimes daughters are like, I don't know how to say it. My dad's not hearing me. 
And I've had them read through it together where they're doing these chapters side by side. And dads are like, you think like this? Really? She's like, that's what I've been trying to tell you. (laughs) But I really want to see dad-daughter relationships strengthened because I believe we're going to have a healthier country from the ground up with healthier women. And dads don't always know where to go to ask for directions. And so that's why I write blogs every other Friday for dads, you know, podcasting. And anyway, so you can go to my website. You can write me. I coach dads and daughters. You know, I coach women. I counsel women and men. But um, it's it's really an honor to be invited into their space. And that's what my heart's all about. Yeah, that's amazing. So I hope our listeners will connect with you and and check all those things out. And it's been such a joy and a delight to have you on today. It's just been a very powerful episode. And I know that just in a short amount of time, there was so many golden nuggets of truth and just chock full of, you know, like those moments, this, you know, mind blowing things, Mm -hmm. because God does these things in our lives. And sometimes we might even miss them. But when we stop and, you know, allow him to speak into our hearts and, and remind us of things like he did with you. It's like, ooh. And then sometimes he uses other people to speak that, you know, over or into our lives. You know, like like the gentleman at the conference that you didn't even realize what. And then you're the Apple Project. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So I love it so much. So thank you so much. And I hope to have you on again sometime. Oh, it was a joy to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. God bless you, Dr. Michelle, in all of your ministry with these dads and daughters. And and uh, God bless your marriage and your big, huge family. <laughs> God blessed you with. It's so encouraging. So, all right. Thank friend. you. Well, God bless you too. Thank you so much. And we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening today. And I just really enjoyed this episode so much. I love talking to Dr. Michelle. And I love how she said, do not date or marry a fixer-upper. So gals, if you are waiting um, for that special someone, don't settle for less than God's best for you. I also love how she said, God coming in as father to me has brought more fullness to prepare me for marriage and for other things her ministry work, all of the things that she does with dads and daughters now. It's so amazing. And so friend, I am so glad that you were here today. And don't forget, if you're looking for a speaker for your next women's event, I would love to chat with you on booking for 2024. So check that out at doraswift.com or my profile at womanspeakers.com. And I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.